This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. It is a uh, celebration time in Athens, Georgia, uh, where the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are your national champions. First time since 1980. And if they're really that starved for a national title, I would imagine Athens. Uh, are they? Do you think they're still drinking? You think they're still partying in Athens right now? Just getting after it? Oh, like, yeah. The, I mean, the question is, are they still partying in Indianapolis? Yeah. that's where the game was That's held. true. I mean, yeah. the weather's not quite as nice, but... <laughs> Is, is like St. Elmo's going off or Prime 47 or whatever their spot around there. Is that still parting into the wee hours of, of today? I mean, how many of those Georgia players are going to be at the combine there in a couple months? I mean, they're apparently all of them. Their entire defense. They're all draft eligible. It's yeah. like, I mean, just, I'm just saying. I'm not sure why you'd – I mean, this sounds terrible to say. You won a national championship. Your stock is probably as high as it's going to be. Now, you could come back and – like, there's a guy named Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker is an absolute freak. And I've talked to a few scouts about this, this young man, and he's versatile. They can play him all the way down over the center. They can move him out to the edge. But he's a great pass rusher. He's good against the run and everything. And the best thing about him is his best football is still ahead of him. And so he's a guy that you haven't heard as far as an edge rusher, have you? It's all been about Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau and David Ojabo or some of these other names you'll hear. Trayvon Walker is just as enticing to NFL scouts and evaluators as any guy out there. But, like, you don't hear it, and it's in part because none of these guys want that secret to get out because they feel like he's got a ton of upside. I mean, he's incredibly tall and long and twitchy, like everything you're looking for. But he's a guy that may not end up going in the first round because, he has, I mean, it's, again, it's hard on that defense to really separate yourself, but he could end up being a second-round pick. If he comes back next year, sure, maybe he ends up finding his way into the first round. I, I don't know. But I, I think all these guys are, are, could be drafted this year. It just depends upon if they feel like they have anything else they need to prove at the college level. You know, draft status is more – more reputation, more accolades driven more than best decision. Uh, I think that if if I'm a player coming out these days with slotted contracts, I don't I don't necessarily believe that it matters that much that that you go in the first round or the second round because you, you got to get out of your first contract to get money anyway. So to me, you you stand the chance to go to a better team if you go later anyway. You know, as you mentioned before in shows past, you don't get to choose your teams when you're a good good player. You, your team chooses you at this point. So if you go in the second round, you may end up going to a team that is a competitive team versus being, you know, in the first rounds. And, and, and then in those first picks, you're going to generally go to a team that needs help in terms of trying to win, which means you're probably going to an organization that isn't maybe the best organization, best ran organization. So that could work to his advantage in the end. Uh, I still think, uh, you know, Nick Saban, was he now 25-2 and two against former assistants? Um, what an unbelievable run he's had at Alabama. And so, like, Kirby Smart's going to get celebrated, and he should be. He's, you know, national champion and all that. I, I still think Saban is going to eventually get to 10. I think Saban's going to get to 10 national titles, Brady Quinn. I, I think it's happening. I, I just don't see 
any slowing down. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, he's going to be more pissed off and motivated getting here. He's got, what, now seven? He's got seven national titles. Uh, I think ultimately he's going to end up at 10. I just don't see, I don't see the way this whole thing is shaped up. And he he's, he's not a big fan of name, image, likeness, and all that. And I, I get all that. But especially if we see this college football playoff format the way it's been the past uh, couple of years, if it takes him longer to get to the expansion, I still think Saban's going to be back making noise in the next couple of years. I'm sorry. Someone asked me yesterday doing an interview, they said, how long do you think he's going to do this? Because he's, what, 70 now? I and think. Let me I, look. I look at him and I just think to myself, he doesn't look like he's like 70 years old. He looks like he's in great health. He's still got a ton of energy for it. It seems like he's still, you know, excited about it, motivated by it. Like, I, I just... I get the sense he could do this for at least another five or six years. I mean, and, and to think that Bama won't be winning at least at least one or two, maybe three more, given their track record, it's hard to think that's not the case. So I, I just, to your point, I, I do think he could get the 10. It all depends on what he wants. I mean, how do you know, you know, he doesn't just get tired of it and want to transition and just says, I, I want to go do TV. He could be a guy that makes a lot of money in TV. He might say, hey, I, I want to I go back to the NFL and try it again. And, and maybe it's, it's time or maybe he feels like he's tired of the NIL stuff and wants to go. Like either way you look at it, I think he's going to be successful. I think his second shot in the NFL, he could make it work. He's been at Alabama 15 years. He's only lost 25 times. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You, know, you want to know, know the craziest stat? You want to know the craziest stat? I saw this somewhere. It might have been since 2008 or 2009, I forget. But he averages 13 and a half wins per season. <laughs> so it was something like that. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. You're only guaranteed 12. And the dude averages more than that. He averages more wins than you're actually guaranteed every year. Think about that. Like conceptually, they average more wins than that. Like that and literally in the college football playoff era, like even if you have a bowl game, Right, like even if you have six wins, you're bull eligible. You get a thirteenth game. I'm pretty sure he averages more than that. It's at least over the last decade or since like 2008 or 2009, something like that. It's uh, no, it's incredible, man. And then you know he's got he's got the quarterback now. Was Bright did Bryce Young did he show any flaws last night? Other than the fact that he was down two wide receivers after the injury to Jamison Williams, uh, you know the offensive line started to struggle, especially late. He seemed like he was running for his life. Was there anything you look at, even though he's a Heisman winner, that makes you take a pause and go, well, maybe he's not going to get that second Heisman trophy that I was discussing? I mean, I think he showed he's human. Like he's, you know, there's flaws when he gets pressure like every other quarterback, right? I mean, it's no different than Tom Brady. Everyone's like, hey, what's, what's the secret to, to beating Tom Brady? You got to move him off the spot and get hits on him. No quarterback likes being hit or like having a guy in his face the whole time changing how he can throw and how he wants to throw a ball or the timing of when he throws the ball. And that's essentially what you saw last night was Georgia stopped worrying about Bryce Young taking off and running which I think he had like 40 yards and a touchdown the first time these two teams played. And him creating time and, and being able to buy time helped create guys to be able to get open downfield in their first matchup. This time they're like, no, we're just going to force the football out and we're going to see if they can beat us with just Jamison Williams. And then when he went out, it was like, all right, let's see if anyone else can beat us. Like, let's see if any of these guys can step up and beat us. Let's get hits on them. 
Let's pressure him. Let's get a guy in his face the whole time. We're not going to drop a guy out and wait for him to try to take off and run. So I, I think that displayed itself. But that's, I mean, Lamar will tell you that's 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 always how it is. Anytime you got a a quarterback, the defense is trying to get hits on him, trying to get pressure on him. He's not a big guy, man. Like he, he uh, you could and look. Obviously, everybody's going to be small compared to that D line. But there were times where I thought, you know, I wonder, I wonder if there's concern at the next level about you know his size. If they look at him and go, eh, you know, he is he is kind of thin, you know, a little bit a little bit slender. Maybe he's got to work on that. And and then you know, I start to think to myself, well, he's also a freshman. I mean, he's very young, so maybe he'll you know grow a little bit more, start to bulk up a little bit more. But um, you know, he did make some plays last night. You were like, all right, th- that's that's why he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, no, C- credit to Stetson Bennett. But yeah. you saw the two of them side by side, and you went, oh, yeah, Stetson can't do some of that stuff. Like, that's no, that's I mean, level. look, we're going to make a big deal about the the touchdown passes. But the reality is he flipped one out to Brock Bowers, who was wide open in the flat. Um, and now that, that's an easy pitch and catch. You just got to be able to maybe take a hit. Uh, and now, but other than that, you know, he threw a couple really nice deep balls. The ball he threw to George Pickens was phenomenal. Probably better catch, but a great ball. Look, he played tough. He played scrappy. He took off and ran at times. I, I think when you look at what Bennett did at the beginning of the game, where he takes a 14-yard sack, <laughs> they, 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 he ends up scrambling, somehow fumbles the ball when no one was around him, and it just so happens the ball <laughs> bounces right back to him. And then he gets a delay of game. It was like, oh, this could be bad. Like, this could be a, this could be a bad night for Georgia Bulldog fans. Um, but, but then he slowly started to get more comfortable, and I think as the defense stepped up and you realized it wasn't going to be a shootout, it wasn't going to be Stetson Bennett having to just throw the football 50 times. You started to, you started to go, okay, like if they hang around in this, Betson just has to, Stetson Betson just has to make a couple plays, and he did in the end to help them win. But still, Bryce Young's the best player in college football. My opinion hasn't changed. He should win another Heisman next year. The question really becomes, you know, who steps up in their place of Jameson Williams and John Mechie? Both those guys should be gone. They probably won't come back. So who steps up in their place, and and can he have an impact with, uh, you know, throwing to? Uh, how did we feel about the uh, fumble that was called uh, that a lot of people thought was an incomplete pass from uh, Bennett that uh, Alabama recovered? Uh, there were some people saying, well, the officials again, of course, Alabama. You know, they slowed things down. I mean, I I think they got it right, but yeah. there are there is the conversation that no, that was an incomplete pass. I just think. Alabama, and I forget who the defender was who picked up the fumble. I, Branch. I, I think he just lucked into recovering a fumble. I don't it, it was the most nonchalant effort to recover a football. And I don't even know. It was Brian Branch. I don't even know if he was trying to keep his foot in. It was almost like was. it just happened to work out that way. I was, like Watching it back on replay every time, I was thinking, that's one of those instances where Nick Saban – and now maybe not after a national championship and the way this whole game went to him, but would chew a guy out <laughs> if this was during the regular season because a ball was loose and he didn't really hustle to it. Like he like nonchalantly just happened to like kind of grab it and step and keep his foot in. Um, the problem with that play is more of the mechanics of how replay works, meaning the call on the field was a fumble. That was the ruling. And the reason why it was a fumble was in part because I think they looked at it and said, we can utilize replay if we call it a turnover because we had a clear change of possession or at least what we thought we saw 
was Brian Branch getting the football. And because it was so great to us, let's call it a fumble. And then we can go back and utilize replay. Well, now the hard thing is, is you've got that burden of proof where you've got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt knowing that it was a fumble, right? There's evidence of that or there's evidence that it wasn't. And that's the hard thing is in, in looking at it, I think if they would have said it was incomplete, you know, you wouldn't have, been, you wouldn't have had a review. So that's the issue with that portion of it. And because they called it a fumble, then watching it, you go, yeah, I guess he lost possession of the football before his arm started to come forward, even though the ball went forward, which is doesn't sound like it makes sense. But that's essentially what happened. Yeah, it was just uh, it was funny seeing uh, how he recovered that. It was like, oh, yeah, and his foot was in bounds. Like, oops. All right, amazing. here we go. <laughs> it was the smoothest <laughs> football recovery and, in the history of and, college football. And, and let me tell you something. Part of me was thinking, all right, what's going to – this is my thought when I watch games. All right, what's going to be the best for what we do and what's going to piss the most people off? And so when I thought about that, I said, if that ends up being the game winner for Alabama – and they lucked into it on a fumble recovery like that, people are going to lose their minds because it was it was so, so perfect the way the recovery went. I mean, the fact that he was wearing – he wasn't even wearing – like you've always said, wear white shoes because that way, you know, it blends in with, uh, with, it. with the outline. He wasn't even wearing white shoes. It was like, I, I'm not even thinking this far ahead. I just happened to come across a ball that was laying on the ground and popped up in the air, <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm, I got a fumble recovery. Good for me. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome to watch. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's get into uh, – we had a, a, some Black Monday uh, in the NFL. Racist, uh, let's yeah. just determine – Hit listen, the button. Listen, I, the button. I, I didn't call Racist. it that. It, everybody calls it that, all right? So I guess everybody's and a racist. you shot it out there just so easily, Racist. too. Like, yeah, just effortlessly. It just off his tongue like that. <laughs> so, so it just had a whole lot of Black like Monday take place. it's not his first place. time saying it, you know? Uh, by the not way, first time. did we not say <laughs> – did we not say while we were on the air yesterday going, are we going to get some news right after we went off the air, things are going to start to happen? And that's oh, exactly how it went jumping. down. I mean, the yeah, Vikings, I think the Vikings were listening to the program going, all right, those guys are off the air. All right, so uh, Rick Spielman and uh, and Zimmer, you're gone. And then the uh, Bears went in uh, double barrel fire action and got rid of uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. He gone. Double barrel. Um, and then, uh, you, know, we just, you know, we're hearing some of these reports. We're going to get into the Giants uh, at some point as well, too, because uh, a lot of, a lot of strange things happening there but the discussion becomes which is the best opening available in the nfl right now because obviously these teams are flawed these rosters are flawed that's why these guys have openings but there is one team brady quinn who could have an opening that looks like it might be uh, the best destination if you're a coach or a candidate looking for a gig well here's the deal so we've got how many openings now five Uh, las vegas jacksonville minnesota chicago and denver now Houston, New York, we'll get into that. Those could become open. But, again, I think New York might need its own segment uh, given the decisions and things they're saying. But of those five that are open, I think you've got two that are up for debate. And they're both contingent on where a player goes, in my opinion. So if you're just looking at both, both Denver and Minnesota, I think those are the best two situations as a head coach to walk into and have success. But part of that's contingent upon what Aaron Rodgers does. If Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, I think Minnesota then looks to be 
the better job because they've got some great young pieces on that roster, and the only thing really standing in their way has been having to deal with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, at least throughout the tenure of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. I mean, you can't tell me you wouldn't want to come in and coach Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook and say what you want about Cousins. He's one of the more consistent, productive quarterbacks in the league. They've got a young offensive line with Garrett Bradbury and Christian Derisaw, Brian O'Neill. I mean, that group's come along. That's just the offense. You know, defensively, obviously, you know, Harrison Smith's still there and Patrick Peterson's up there. But if they get those couple guys coming back with Tomlinson up front and Michael Pierce, you know, Anthony Barr is a free agent, but you bring him back. I mean, they've got some pieces there on defense, too. I just think that's a group that it's the roster looks good. It just it all depends what happens with Rodgers. And look, the same thing could be said about the Broncos. I mean, defensively, you know, they can match up with KC. We saw that throughout the course of Vic Fangio's tenure. It's just the quarterback spot, and, and, and that's the only thing. I mean, out around the quarterback spot, you've got a ton of talent. I mean, Cortland Sutton, the way Tim Patrick has stepped up too, K.J. Hamler, both tight ends, Fant and Alberto. They can run the football with Javante Williams. I mean, they only need a quarterback. So <laughs> that job, if you can get Rodgers to go there, then becomes the most attractive job, in my opinion. So I, I just or, – or by the way, it could be Russell Wilson, it could be Deshaun Watson, whoever you want. You find the quarterback position in Denver, and you find yourself then the most attractive job. I, I think that's probably the one that I like the best, given the track record and, and success. But it's just funny how it's kind of contingent on maybe what Aaron Rodgers does or doesn't do. I got to be honest. I'm thinking the Raiders. It should be in the conversation as well. I, I like Denver. I like Minnesota. I like I, I like the reasoning behind that. But you got Carr. You 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 got a, a quarterback. You you know Renfro is 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 starting to to do some things. You you got some players, man. You got Kenyon Drake. Uh, you, you know, you got who's the who's the tight? Tell me the tight end's name again. Uh, Darren Waller, Waller right yeah. Foster Moreau, uh, Darren up Waller, yep. Todd Christensen. I, I just <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, only you, Jonas. I, I think that to see a team go through all the turmoil that they went through this year and still be able to find themselves at ten wins. And in the playoffs, which, by the way, they have better records than, than Denver and Minnesota. So to me, I think you got to look at that as there, there is it may not it, it, it may not be as clean as you'd like for it to be. But it's it's a job for one. And for two, they're they're winning. <laughs> it is a job. So it, it, it is a, a job. Team. Yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know. It is a job. You you think you think they're going to walk from Basaccia after the season? Like, uh, right. let's just say, let's say they I'm, they win in Cincinnati. You're you're going to walk away from that guy? I mean, he, he took over uh, a, a bag of crap and everything that came along with it. And I and I, I just why, why I, was it a bag of crap? Well, I mean, you know the stuff with you know, the Gruden he, stuff. Yeah, it's but that's bu- not that had nothing to do with the roster, the team where they're at. Like he took over a team that was, I mean, probably on this path one way or another. Like, I don't know that he enhanced anything. I just think he took over a team that could contend. He, they went 7-5 and five in his tenure. He's done a good job. I, I think the pro, this is the problem organizations make, is you've got an interim guy who takes over and does this. And to your point, maybe they beat Cincinnati, great. They won a game. They're not going to the Super Bowl, all right? 
I'll just I'll say that here and now. Jeez. Yeah, they're, they're not. Sorry, Roberto, I'm sorry. I think we wow. both would agree they're not going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Sorry, bro. Roberto, sorry, but man. Here's sorry, the problem. Berto. Is you end up having a guy who came in when you needed him, and he did a good job. But the problem then becomes is he did a good enough job now where you feel like you can't go out and interview other potential candidates. And this happens all the time at the quarterback position. You have an injury to your starter. A guy comes in, he plays pretty well, and guess what ends up happening? People start, you know, start forgetting about the starter in the first place, and they fall in love with the backup because everyone loves the backup on a short sample size. And then they go, no, 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 this is the guy for the job. This is the guy for the future. How many times does that ever work out? And by the way, it usually doesn't work out for like anyone involved. The head coach, the starter, the backup. I mean, take Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Philly, for example. Like that whole thing ended up blowing up. Like we all look for the Tom Brady, the backup who's going to come in and when he plays well, and then he ends up going on to have the best you know, resume in the history of the NFL. The reality is that oftentimes doesn't happen and it really doesn't work out for anyone. The whole thing ends up blowing up because there's so much indecision about who should be the guy. This happens with head coach hirings. A guy has a short stint, good job as an interim, and then you're like, oh, well, let's give him the job because he did a good job. And then two years from now, you're looking for the next it head coach. It happened with them. Yeah. It happened with the Raiders, with, with, uh, with Hugh. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think they have to be very cognizant of, of, of that, that factor. And I think you got to hire a guy that's going to be able to continue to build out what you have. I mean, you got you have some stars on your defense. I mean, Perryman is is a stud. Um, you got you you got players um, in place. I, I think you got to get a coach that that can take them to the next level. And I just I don't I don't think it's what with the current in a room guy that they have. I think he's done a fine job of holding them together. But I think that you got to bring in somebody who is is going to really, really, you know, I think not not let not let this current roster fall fall by the wayside because I, I mean who knows how long you have with with this group before free agency um, begins to to change the the dynamic of this team. I I I felt as though they were about to underperform this year. Um, even you know, even looking at it from the standpoint of they got out of the blocks really quickly, but but they seem to kind of nosedive. That you know, you lose the coach. We I don't want to have to go over all of it again, but I just really think that the Raiders are an intriguing team. And if I'm looking at the teams that I'd be like, huh, this is a job that I'd like to to be able to to see what I can do with what they have. I think they're I, I think they're just as attractive as any other team. I really do. I, I like Minnesota. I like Minnesota, but I, I just I, no. I like Minnesota. I mean, you got you got a you got an amazing receiver. You got a quarterback. That, you know, I don't know. You know, to to what degree he can take them. How well, far he can take them. But one you, p.m. He's lights out. Damn right. Any time after that, it lights yeah. out. Right. Yeah. And you got defensive guys. I mean, you got Barr, you got you know uh, Kendricks and those guys. You got you got a squad in Minnesota too. I you know, and I wouldn't sleep on the the Dolphins either. Honestly speaking, personnel wise, I would not sleep on the Dolphins. 
And so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that there are a few jobs that I think are attractive. Definitely wouldn't want to take over Jacksonville, though. I'll tell you that. Well, so ba- I, I would not want to go there. Basically, what we've determined is that uh, the best job is uh, wherever Aaron Rodgers decides to go. That's <laughs> really what we've, what we've established I mean, why here. Why not? I mean, uh, whether, whether he leaves your division so, or arrives, he's not going that's anywhere. So, Jonas, <laughs> when, when they announce they're going to interview Nathaniel Hackett, do you look at that and just say, I think ah, of you. That's, that's just about that's just about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, no, I think of you because you're the first one that called it and said, look, this is going to be a potential pairing. Rodgers is going to finally get to pick his coach because he, here's here's the part that people don't discuss. As much as everyone wants to jump on and ball wash Matt LaFleur, who, let's be honest here, at this point, all he does is hype up the crowd in Green Bay. He's like a, a, a hype man. Jeez. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's what he does. Every time I that's see him on it? the sideline, he's hyping up the, the crowd in Green Bay. I'm just saying, like, that's that's the optics. Well, I mean, but, you got to get him out of their seats and all his cheese curds and beer, and, man. And that'll, that, that'll fill you up. That, that is a good point. I would just say this. People don't discuss the fact that Aaron Rodgers had no input on that hiring, right? Like when, when Green no. Bay made the decision, he didn't have any input on that. And there were some talks that he was a little bothered by like, hey, can I have a little oh. bit of say in, in the decision making here? He, he actually was maybe having a conversation with a different candidate and that seemed to upset Mark Murphy so much so to the point where they went with someone that he had no communication with and wasn't on his short list oh, of coaches geez. he wanted. If you want an inside is, scoop, is that uh, is that uh, that's what happened? Oh, oh boy, yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, so then I then I think the Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Aaron Rodgers pairing in Denver that Brady called a week ago does make a lot of sense. So there it is. So the Denver Broncos uh, will land another uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, another one that they didn't draft, luckiest franchise in the history of the NFL. Elway, Manning, Rodgers. Well, give Elway credit though. He's the one who won them initially. He brought in Manning. And you'd have to think that he's the one who's selling, I guess, Aaron Rodgers, really, um, but Nathaniel Hackett on, on trying to get this to happen in order to turn things around. Now, he's kind of taken a step back, and George Payton's taken over. But that's the truth of the matter is it, it's, Jeez, it's always still been a part of all that. All their success – Elway's been a part of yep. in Denver. He's had a piece of. That's, why, Lynch. that's why he's got like a 14 uh, car dealerships there. <laughs> hey, Roberto, you would trade getting Peyton Manning and winning a Super Bowl over the, the what's happened the past <laughs> seven years, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, buddy. You could say Paxton Lynch or Trevor uh, Simeon, whoever you want. You'd trade what they've been through to go to two Super Bowls and win one during t- yeah. uh, Peyton's tenure there. Yeah, yeah. Even though uh, Peyton Manning had rigor mortis that final Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, he was uh, – Still, uh, that counts. That's that's a win. That counts uh, for uh, Gary Kubiak and John Elway and company. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is time for something we do on the show every single day, and it's called this. News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn. And away we go. What's up, superstar? Uh, Look, there's a number of different ways we could start off this one. I I guess I'll I'll start by just asking you this. Um, You ever see the running with the bulls? 
Yeah. Of course. Right. Great. Is that something that, like, you guys would want to do or that kind of yeah. scare you? Okay. If I still had my knees and good tack and I could run on, you know, bricks and cobblestones, I, I'd be all right with, with giving it a go. But today, no, not at all. I would get ran over. I would go watch it. I wouldn't participate. I would just uh, gamble on uh, how many people get gored. Like, that would be my You, whole you know what I would goal. enjoy the most is if we all went, I would be throwing Berto and, and Lee <laughs> and Jonas down. Yeah. And and laughing while I was running. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there a certain animal that you're like, I would not want to do that with? Like, that kind of scares you? If there was a stampede? Oh, jeez. Um, a rhino? Well, yeah, I guess any big thing, like elephants, too. Elephants, Not yeah. so much an elephant, or more a rhino. Really? Yeah. Why? Elephants can be friendly? I just feel like an I, elephant, you know, might be, uh, I, I feel like I have a little bit more room. A rhino's lower to the ground. Uh, bro, just feel you like are problem. in way worse condition if you get ran over by an elephant versus a rhino. I'm just telling listen, you, look, you're in trouble. Listen, you've never been run over by an elephant. You don't, you've never played that I've game. I've seen man. it happen. You don't know what it's like. I've seen it happen. All right, all right, all right. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Apparently, uh, <laughs> in the city of Chengzhou, uh, which is in China, there was ostriches, 80 of them, running rampant oh, through geez. the streets, which i got to be honest with you, ostriches kind of terrify me. They are. I, I mean, they're like a gigantic bird. Kind of looks like a velociraptor. I completely understand why they can't fly, but I wish they could. Because I just, I, I don't know. I feel like if, if, it's, if we're face-to-face, that's a problem, man. It's yeah. just weird, the whole thing, the whole setup. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a pom pom with a pool noodle hanging out of the front. You know, like it just—it's weird. Plus, they have that thing where they can on on their foot that they can uh, uh, disembowel you. I think like like ostriches kill a lot of people. Like that's a real thing. What? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, uh, yeah look story. it up. Ostriches they kill people. Yeah, they kill yeah, people. Dude. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're nasty, nasty man. Yeah, yeah. I'd put an ostrich to sleep. Uh, All that big old long neck. I'll be then suplex the ostrich. Get a hold of its feet. Like, yeah, you literally sweep the leg. Like, uh, sweep the leg. Yeah, they do yeah, have they do. strong legs, though, yeah. don't they? And and they got that. There's like this thing, this uh, whatever it has on its body that can like uh, like cut right through you. It's terrible. Oh, the talons. Yeah. It's yeah. Awful. It's awful. I mean, that's why, uh, oh. you know. I mean, a, right. a machete would I didn't know wonders. ostriches. I didn't know ostriches had talons. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, dude. Okay. You've seen those things? They're nasty. You don't want to mess yeah. with that. Give I've me, seen them right. in person. Give me a machete right. and a stick of dynamite, and I'll be all right. <laughs> a stick interesting. Of all right. <laughs> all right. Imagine yeah. you've been a fugitive for 20 years, okay? And you think, like, you're good. You, you <laughs> think you're on the run. You're safe. All right. How about this? A mafia fugitive who's been on the run for nearly two decades. He was end- he ended up being found on Google Street View. Oh no! That's how he ended up being identified. Oh wow. man! Literally, they had some facial recognition deal, and it happened to partner kind of with uh, Google and and Street View Maps was able to identify him being a part oh, wow. of that list. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Like, what, what, a, what a soft way to get caught. Like, of all the, <laughs> of all the mafia ways you're going to get caught, like, imagine if somebody told him, hey, two decades from now, you're going to get busted on Google Map View. Like, you're yeah. screwed, buddy. That's, that's I was terrible. envisioning, like, Harrison Ford and The Fugitive. I yeah. figure it's, like, one dramatic scene like that. But this wasn't that at all. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think about uh, The Fugitive? Good movie or no? Love it. Yeah. Tommy Lee? Yeah, I love yeah, it's a good movie. 
It was a good movie. Yeah. Is it uh, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones? The other Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah. Tommy Lee Tommy was in Lee another Jones. movie. Yeah, not yeah. Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. Not Tommy Lee is his name. Yeah. Jeez, come on. No, I'm just saying. Like he was. I know who you're talking about. Pa- yeah. You're talking about Pamela Anderson. Well, no, I mean, listen, Whoa. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was there too. You know. Okay. Yeah. Batter up. Right. I got you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the MOB network. Um, all right, oh, I'll, okay. I'll end on this one. There was a, a couple police officers were fired. Uh, apparently, they ignored a robbery in progress and instead <laughs> were playing. Pokemon Go. No, no they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then there's that. I mean, look, uh, by by the way, I'm not taking shots at police officers. You know, they all do a great job, but this is, uh, that's too good not to discuss. You know? Now, did the robbery, uh, was everyone okay afterwards? Like, we're not uh, You know, there weren't many details uh, about the outcome of the robbery. Yeah. It was more about just playing Pokemon Go instead of... You know that's that's ridiculous. I mean, and serving. you know, you can't have nerds uh, protect and serve. I, I think that should be a rule. Is that really the outcome of this? <laughs> I, think, I think that's the overarching uh, rule here. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 